Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. You know you get changed in the presence of the Lord. You know, I like to joke sometimes, if you go to a Mexican restaurant and they make the fajitas right at your table, you get a scent of fajitas all over you. You smell like old Mexican food after you leave. It tastes good going down, but you've got a, this fragrance left over. You know, uh, I, I talked about, you know, Brother Copeland a little bit, and uh, you know, I met him years ago just in the hallway at a meeting with Brother Hagen. We were traveling with Brother Hagen, and he was at the same meeting. Uh, but I never really had an opportunity to shake his hand or anything. And so uh, I was helping, and he came in uh, from outside, and so I was opening the door for him, and he shook my hand. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool to shake Brother Copeland's hand. And I'm standing in there uh, in that room uh, just to help with whatever, and uh, the Spirit of the Lord began stirring in my heart. And he stirred and he said, are you just going to like stand here like this is any ordinary day with any ordinary person? Or are you going to honor and draw? And uh, so this is stirring in my heart. And all of a sudden, then the, the scripture came to me like, he that gives a cup of water to a prophet is, will receive a prophet's reward. And I thought, whoa, it just pulled the slack right out of me. Like, you, you just treat as common and ordinary something of God, and you're probably not going to get much from the Lord. You'll just get what's common and ordinary, which is, uh, well, brother, I, I just thank you very much for helping me. So I, I just, like, straighten myself up right there. You know, in the Word, we actually learn that there were believers that received from God through people that spoke the word because they treated it as it really was in truth, the Bible said, the very words of God. So if you have a casual approach to the word of God, you probably could get some pretty casual, normal results. But if you treat the word of God and you esteem the word of God as it really is in truth, the very words of life, the very words of God, this is God himself speaking to me. Well, let me tell you, you grab hold of that with your spirit. So, so I just made an adjustment in that room. I said, okay, Lord. Well, this is a privilege. This is an honor. I'm going to receive. And I did. I got the little toothbrush thing. <laughs> but then I got some other things too. And that toothbrush thing not, not mean a lot to you, but that meant a lot to me and means a lot to me. Because uh, I saw really how casually... And how easily you could casually disregard the provision of the Lord, which actually will stop the provision of the Lord. But when you honor the provision of the Lord, look what the Lord has done. Well, I think he kind of likes that. I think you're actually declaring and confessing and acknowledging a thing. And boy, when you do that, you come right in line with that. We have this little like... Uh, cat feeder for when we're gone and this cat feeder well it's a big cat feeder actually it's a horse feeder that we got for cats <laughs> and so that little thing it's got a it's got a uh, I don't know what that's called a cylinder inside of it that has two openings 
And so it's got a timer, and then when it comes time uh, to feed the cats, it'll spin, and that opening will align with the big hopper with everything in it, and then all that food will flow right out. And, and, but it, it, it spins at a certain rate, so not too much comes out. So then it'll, if, when it gets unaligned, it stops. Well, we, when you line up with God's spiritual laws, and you line your mouth up with his words... Let me tell you, you'd be like, our, you know, the, the, the horse feeder is really for horses, so the, the cat food, like, sometimes it, like, really flows out because it's so small. And you're like, whoa, that's too much. Stop, stop. Have you, if you've seen our cats, you know they are well, they're well fed. And so, you know, you, you line up your mouth with what God says. Now, come on. Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things you cannot see. Come on, it just gives me great joy to know I'm in a room full of people who believe in invisible things. Because I know it blows the world's mind. But you know, when you activate your faith in God, that somehow, some way in your heart, you know that is more real and tangible than the person sitting right next to you like if you pinched them. You know that's more real. That's your faith. That is your faith. Even Jack... Out of the mouth of babes. I didn't know he knew the word yeah. Does he know the word no? Oh, that's good. Wow, you got to teach me how to train my children. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore, by him. Oh, this is good. I just got to that part. Therefore, by him. Who is that? Who's him? Jesus Christ. Therefore, by him. By him. How are we going to do this? Well, if you're just real diligent, if you're just real um, disciplined, no. You got to enter into this grace. You got to enter into this life, in this relationship. Therefore, by him. Well, if it's by him, I must get to know him. I must do this with him or by him or through him. In him I live and in him I move and in him I have my being. I find who I am in him. Therefore, by him. How can you do this? It's by him because of what he did, because of who he is, because of his supply. Right? Therefore, by him, by Jesus Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, because of what you did for me in him and by him and through him. That in him I have new life. That in him I am redeemed. That in him all sin is gone. It's lost its power. That in him I have direction and I know what to do. That in him... He shows me where to go. Then in him, I'm never alone. 
In Him, He he walks with me and He talks with me. This is a relationship. This is a real life. He's a real person. And, And it's amazing. You ever met a couple that they're married on paper, but when you experience life with them, they're like, they are two separate people. They like, they might have said, the pastor said like the two shall become one flesh. He quoted the word, but you're like, they are living totally separate lives. Do you know that the picture of a husband and a wife is a mural and a picture for us of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know It's not just in the natural marriage where you might see a separation. Uh, There's also in the spiritual marriage where you may see like, you know, this person says Jesus is their Lord, but they really never spend any time with him. Do you know you can spend time with him in his word? Do you know when I approach the word, I approach it like I do prayer? I open my whole heart to him. I'm like, uh, you're going to speak to me now. Even if I don't declare it out of my mouth, if I'm, if I'm struggling with it, I for sure declare it out of my mouth because your words have power. I mean, just think about it in marriage. If I'm married to my wife and I, and I use the words, I'm leaving you. I've never said that. I know, thank God. <laughs> Except when I have to go on a trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't tell me those words don't have power. Right. Especially when I know there's a lot that built up right. before those words were spoken. What about the words, I do? Yes. You know, I look forward to my wedding day. And, uh, you know, you kind of know the vows that you're going to say. And so before I declare those things, you know, I might be slow to commit, but once I commit, I'm committed. And so before I make that declaration, I'm very conscious of what I'm going to declare. Like, do I actually agree that I'm going to do this? Do I actually mean what I'm saying? I'm not like giving a half-hearted commitment. If I'm committing, I'm committing. It is hot in this room. What do you want to do? Therefore, let us continually, most of the time, no, continually Offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name is what uh, New King James and King James says. In the margin, it actually says making confession to his name. Well, I don't think that's a mistake that they translated that giving thanks to his name. Because... Uh, your confession of thanksgiving makes all the difference in the world. Let's take a short journey over to Romans chapter 1. And over in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, uh, 
you know, Romans chapter 1, like the second half is kind of like a sobering chapter in the Bible, and it explains a lot why the world is the way that it is right now. Uh, and really, it is because of verse 21, because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Listen to this. You know, because they're given over to like a debased mind and they're not even thinking right thoughts and then they start doing wrong things. You know, they're just like, they lose their mind. Because they didn't glorify him as God, neither were, what's that word? Neither were, neither were thankful. Well, that's a sobering verse now, isn't it? Uh but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Do you know like acknowledging the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord and making confession to His name, how important that is in your life? Actually, the greatest confession you can make is Jesus is Lord. We're going to look at that in just a second. Hold fast to your confession of faith. Hold on tight to your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? There is power in that confession that Jesus is Lord. And some people... You know, I didn't understand this when I was younger in the church I grew up in. I guess I must have misunderstood uh, kind of what they were teaching or something. Uh, but, I, man, I thought you could just lose your salvation, like, for any little sin, any little thing. So, I mean, I got born again, like, every night. Because <laughs> I was a very conscientious person, and I could always think of something I did that was wrong, you know. And, uh, you know... Contrary to uh, fleshly belief, you can actually live multiple days in a row and not sin. Like some people want to identify constantly with the, the flesh and the fallen man. And uh, they want to confess all that. But you, you know, as a believer, you have the power. You, you will occasionally sin, but you're not a sinner. You're a saint of God, holy and separated, a priest to God, a king. Amen. And yeah, you're not perfect, and if you think you are, that just proves that you're imperfect. <laughs> but that's what's awesome about the Lord. Look at his mercy. Look at his patience. Amazing. And so uh, they, they were not thankful. You know how important it is to be thankful? Just to acknowledge the Lord. You know, like, pride does not give thanks. Because pride could do it without you. And pride is above you. So if I have to thank you, that means that you did something for me that I couldn't do for myself. So that means that I'm saying that you're higher than me. Well, man, that makes you want to thank the Lord, doesn't it? Thank you, Lord, for the very breath of life. Thank you, Lord, that you gave me your spirit, that you open up yourself to us, your words to us by your own spirit. Thank you, Lord, for my, my wife. I was going to say my husband or my wife, but, of course, I just have a wife. But you could say that, Jody, for Dave. You know, thank you, Lord, for my husband. It's like when we sing that song, just put your own words in it. Blessed. Blessed is my wife. You know, Terry Matthews' song. Praise the Lord. You'll, remember, you'll get that next time we sing that song. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, uh, what time is it? Yeah, verse 19. 
Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of of our hope without wavering. King James says the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast, hold on tight to our confession of faith. That, what's our confession of faith? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Oh, good. I, if I forget, I'll, tell, I'll ask you again. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. What happens when you confess Jesus as Lord? Well, what really happens when we confess that? Do you know sometimes that confession and that declaration is more for beings unseen than for beings that you can see? In other words, you need to make a declaration and a confession sometimes, and people around you might not understand it. But I'll tell you what, the demons understand it, and the angels understand it, and when you confess Jesus is Lord, I think a great time to confess the, the Lordship of Jesus is when you don't know what to do, because you might not know, believe it or not, you, you don't know what to do in every situation. The Spirit of God does, and God does, but I don't, you don't, and so when I don't know what to do, and I just say, well, thank God Jesus is Lord, I, I am saying, I don't have to know what to do because he's my leader, he's my master, he's my Lord, he's my Savior. Well, what am I saying when I'm saying that? Well, you know, in Romans chapter 8, I believe it's verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Uh, let's start with verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So when I say Jesus is Lord, I am declaring my flesh is not Lord. My feelings are not Lord. The things of the flesh are not Lord. I'm declaring Jesus is Lord. Uh, verse 6, for to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor, nor indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, you might read that and be like, how can I please God because I'm in the flesh? This is a real amazing scripture. So, I don't have to know what you're thinking right now. But you know what you're thinking and the Lord knows what you're thinking. But you can actually locate yourself 
and find out where you're at. Because when I read those scriptures that I just read, many times I have this thought of, well, if I would just get in the Spirit, if I'd just be in the Spirit, right? Then I'm going to have life and peace. But, but I'm having this separation or this death because, you know, maybe I'm acting out of the flesh. Well, let's find out who is in the Spirit. Who is in the Spirit? Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, you know, I like to think of that as, you know, sight is one of the five senses. So I, I walk by faith and not by smell. And I walk by faith and not by any part of my feelings. You ever wake up, or maybe you didn't wake up, maybe just the middle of the day, and you don't feel like a Christian or you don't feel born again? Well, we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not a Christian. I don't believe that I'm a Christian, and I'm not a Christian because I feel like a Christian. So if, if I just have my relationship with the Lord when I feel like I'm right with Him, when I feel like He loves me, when I feel like I can sense His presence, well, I'm going to have a pretty in-and-out, rocky relationship with Him because that's not what faith is. That's not what uh, relationship with Him is. Well, if that's hard for you to comprehend, just imagine this. I'm just going to tell her I love her when I feel that I love her. Or I'm just going to treat her like a wife when I feel like she's my wife. When I feel like I want her to be my wife. And when I feel like I don't want her to be my wife, I'm just going to go like somewhere else. Well, most people that haven't given themselves over to a debased mind would be like, that is crazy. Well, it's a relationship. And so my relationship with him is really no different. Except for he's perfect and she's not. <laughs> but he just takes those imperfections, and I'm not perfect, right. and takes those imperfections, and love covers a multitude of sins. And the love of Christ constrains me. Praise the Lord. So let's read the next verse. This is talking about you and me. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Does the spirit of God live in every believer? Yes. yes. Now, if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you, you're going to have life and peace because you're in the Spirit. And so it's like Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is, is begging the Romans and begging us to recognize that you are in the Spirit, that you have life and peace. So, because why? Well, if I believe my flesh rules me, you know, I, I got this problem. My flesh always wants to, you know, do such and such. So I always do that. We have people tell you that, stuff like that all the time. But they're actually declaring. They're establishing it. Yes. 
I mean, you could say something like, yeah, I've struggled with that in the past, but the Lord has shown me the way out. And he said in his word, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free or make you free. And I believe his word over my feelings. Well, I'm making a declaration. So if you're going to build something, uh, like a building or something, uh, one of the very first things that you need to do, well, you count the cost, okay? But then uh, one of the, the first physical things that you need to do is you go out and you get some, either you do it or you hire a surveyor, and you get some stakes and you stake out the territory that you're going to take up, that you're going to build upon, and that you actually see this thing, and this is what's going to happen. Well, as believers, that's what we do. We come and we find the blueprint right in here that the Lord said, I have given you life and peace through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we stake that out, we stake our claim with our mouth. I mean, you're in the midst of turbulent waters, turmoil, difficulties, problems. Well, if you want to know what not to do, just think of what you do when you're super exhausted. <laughs> or what you're tempted to do if you're super exhausted. <laughs> in preparing for this, seeking the Lord, uh, an illustration that uh, uh, came up on the inside of me was, you ever go like... Uh, but it's not really overly hot in here this morning. It's hot, but it's not overly hot. But if you go any, into an airplane, you go into a room, you even go outside if the weather's really hot, what are 95% of the people going to say as soon as they walk into that room? Oh, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. And so if, like, you're the one that's standing there, you know, you're there before everybody else, the so people are coming in, you kind of get, like, your flesh is like, I don't, if one more person says it's hot in here. What does that tell you? Well, that just tells you that <laughs> flesh without the influence of the Spirit of God is just going to say what it sees and what it feels. It's going to, and then it may even declare it. Man, it's hot in here. I can't stand it. I can't take this any longer. I'm not putting up with this. Do you hear the flesh? I mean, my flesh. You probably never said anything like that, but right? You, you're, that's the voice of the flesh. Well, we're to connect our, our mouth with the voice of it. Wouldn't it be great if we were children of the Spirit instead of of the flesh? So, man, if the Lord could, maybe if the Lord was smart enough to make a plan where we could actually live in the fullness of his goodness and mercy and grace. Well, I believe he is. I believe he has. Do you realize that our declaration that we don't really know him, we don't hear from him, is tantamount to calling him a liar? What if we, like, just turned that over and played the other side, which is written in the word, my, Jesus said, my sheep know me, and they know my voice. So if we just say, Lord, I thank you that I know you, especially when you feel like you don't. Like when you go to prayer, you open your heart to the Lord, you look to the Lord. You're, you're not just telling him something, hopefully, but you're looking for him to say something back to you. Well, you do that by faith. But, but, but I, don't feel like, I don't feel like I hear him. I, I don't feel like I, I know what he's going to say. Well, you don't know what he's going to say, but 
I don't feel like he's talking to me. Well, that's the best time in the world to just launch out in faith and say, Lord, I thank you that you said in your word, call unto me and I will answer you. That this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if, look, listen to this. This is why your prayers aren't answered sometimes. If we know that he hears us, we know what we have what we asked him for. I wonder what that would mean if I don't know that he heard. I wonder if he heard me. I wonder if the Lord heard my prayer. I don't wonder if the Lord heard my prayer. I pray in the name of Jesus, and he has to hear my prayer. I'm not concerned that he doesn't hear my prayer. Really, the problem is not that he doesn't hear prayer. The problem is that you don't pray. I don't pray when I don't pray. It's not just I have to think a thought. No, I have to pray. Lift my voice. And you can pray without uh, opening your mouth as well, but it's a prayer. So life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit of it. Many times we've cursed ourselves with our own words. What do you believe? What are you speaking? Just take for a second like a 30,000 foot view of the content of your words on a consistent basis. Like what are you saying? What are you saying? You know, uh, certain uh, areas of the world, areas of the country, even you could get areas of cities, will have a predominant type of speaking. And uh, some areas, like I notice you go, and like literally you, you wouldn't have seen people for months or years. And uh, hey, how you doing? Oh, you know, I was to the doctor and they said such and such. Well, that's not necessarily un uncommon, but then like you go to say the other person, like how you doing? Oh man, I'm aching. I got lots of pains. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I, I just got diagnosed. With, and I'm like, everybody is like literally just... Um, lining their mouth up with like the first thing that they are declaring and talking about is their feelings, how they feel, how their body feels. I love Smith Wigglesworth. He said, somebody said, how do you feel? And he said, I never asked Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. <laughs> you get that? I never ask myself how I feel. I tell myself how I feel. How do I feel? I feel strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let the weak say I am Strong. Let the poor say, I am because of what the Lord's done. Amen. So this is the life of faith. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, have faith in God. Why did he say that? Because the disciples were astonished that the tree that he cursed withered away. How did he curse the tree? He said, I curse you tree in the name of Jesus. No, that's not what he, in my own name. Sorry. <laughs> he wouldn't have to say it. I curse you tree. He didn't say that. But he went. He found no figs on the tree. What did he say? No man eat fruit of you here from this point forward. No one will ever eat of you again. And just by those words, that thing dried up from the root. And the disciples, they, they're seeing this and they're thinking about this and they're wanting to understand and he's their teacher and they're, they're imitating him. They're learning from him. And so 
He knows what their thoughts are. And his response is, oh, you, you see that thing? Have faith in God. Centenary translation, lay hold of God's faithfulness. Literally in the Greek, have or possess or grab hold of the faith of God. And then he says, whoever will command a thing and keep his word saying the same thing, he'll have whatever he commands if he believes it in his heart and says it with his mouth. Right? That's my paraphrase. So they're like, whoa, how this happen? He said, have faith in God. Here's faith in God. You actually take your position of authority above the thing and make your declaration. And if you believe that, you'll have whatever you have declared. You put your stake in the ground. You put out, you know, you got your survey. Here's where the building posts are going to be. This building post says... There is no interest for sickness and disease. This building post says, I have strength in my body. This building post says, I have the mind of Christ. I'm not going crazy. I may be peculiar. I ain't crazy. Right? This building post says, I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus himself redeemed me. I am not under the power of darkness. I'm set free from all the power of the enemy. And maybe your house, maybe what you're building is like an amazing shape, so you just add all these posts that you find in the Word. You know, that costs more. Every corner costs. But you know it's all been paid. You might as well just, just build it how you like it. How do you know what you like? He'll put desires in your heart. You'll see in the word. You'll discover. One of the greatest thrills of uh, learning more and getting more wisdom is things you used to think were so important. You're like, oh, I don't value that at all. Here's my values. And so, you know, you, you put your stake in the ground. And to do that, remember, you're spiritual. Well, spiritual people do spiritual things. And spiritual people doing spiritual things, that means they speak out of their spirit, not their flesh. Let me say it a different way. That means they make declarations from their spirit. And where we find those declarations is in the Word of God. I let those words find a home and gain residency and make their home in my heart. Right? Jesus, Paul um, prayed in Ephesians chapter 3 that Christ may live in your heart through faith. Right? So, when I speak what I believe, I am connecting myself to that belief. Uh, how I like to say it is, um, you know, you think of, something that you maybe would never do and somebody would accuse you of doing it, like maybe stealing or something like that. Oh, no, I, I do not steal. I am not a thief. I would never steal, right? So I make that declaration, like, I'm not going to change it. Right. I'm not going to do that. I refuse to do that. 
You know, am I going to cheat on my wife? She loves it. She always says amen when I say that. That's her declaration. But I'm not doing that. So I'm staking my ground. And so, you know, you got all these things coming at you. If you think of like um, virus or sickness or disease or some type of infirmity in the flesh, you got all these feelings. Well, I'm not afraid to go to the doctor, and sometimes you need to go to the doctor. Actually, the best thing you can do is be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Because, you know, you are a mighty man and woman of faith, and you can believe God and not go to the doctor. But you can't really separate living by faith from being led by God's own Spirit. And sometimes you might be led to go to the doctor. And if you're led to go to the doctor, but you're so mighty in faith that you can separate yourself from the spirit who brought you into this whole thing, and you don't need his leading because you know more than he does, I'll just take a few steps back and pray for you from a distance or something. No, I'll come along and try to help you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's kind of sobering when you think about what we're doing when we have this um, tug on the inside that maybe is contrary to what we want. You know, there was a, a dean of Rama, Gary Crowell, uh, m multiple times, and he's a missionary now. And so uh, when I was there on staff, after I had graduated from Bible school, he was a uh, dean at that time. And uh, I remember him telling this story when he was the dean, and he said uh, that his wife had gotten really sick. And so he knew what to do. He'd received the word. He had faith, so he just commanded that thing to get off of her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and nothing happened. Well, while he's doing that, even before he's doing that, he had a, an unction on the inside to anoint her with oil. But he said, I thought, I know my authority. I don't have to anoint her with oil. So she suffered for like two or three days until finally that was still there the whole time. He's like, well, okay. He went and got the oil put on her. She was instantly healed. Isn't it amazing that the Lord knew exactly how to direct? And, and I love uh, Brother Gary Crowell. So all of us could find ourselves in that position. I'm not really picking on him, but he was humble enough to tell us that story, so I'm going to tell it everywhere. But, you know, I've done the same thing, you know, similar thing where you're like, well I, well, well, I know what this is. But if you check on the inside, you, you have something on the inside, someone on the inside kind of saying, well, 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 go this route. Right. You know, I had uh, last year uh, around in August. Um, it's really difficult to explain uh, in some ways to me, but I just had a very definite leading of the Lord to stop eating sugar. Well, if you've known me very long, you know, like, that's one of my favorite staples is sugar. Like, I love anything sweet, you know. Go to anything, anything. like, when I was little, especially if we went to a buffet or wherever we would go, I always had my dessert first to make sure I had room for it because it was my favorite part of the meal. And I have, like, cut sugar out before, like, on a fast or something like that. And then, you know, wow, it's amazing how sweet things are to you after you do that for just, say, 30 days. But this was different. 
you know, it was an inward, it was almost like I was committing a really gross, horrible sin if I were to eat sugar. And so this went on for like a, a couple months, and I just thought, I started to uh, think about it too much. You know, and I'm like, well, that, that's weird. Like, why would the Lord lead me to do that? Yet I knew he had. And uh, I was listening to an old message by Kenneth Hagin, and I heard him say, and I believe this was, was the Lord. He said, you know, there was a period of time in my life when the Lord told me to cut out certain foods, and I did it, and I found out later I was susceptible to a particular disease that those foods would have fed. And the Lord just had me cut it out. I think for him it was like six months. And then he said, I was fine. So, you know, the Lord had me cut it out for a year. When I say sugar, added sugar. Like, he, I didn't have to cut out, like, uh, fruits, like stuff that has sugar built into it, you know, um, potatoes. But, uh, you know, the Lord knows things you don't know. Amen. I know um, Pastor Mac Hammond, about uh, maybe nine years ago now, it's amazing how fast time goes, but uh, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He's a pastor of a church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so uh, he always had the attitude, you know, like, I just call this sanctified through the word of God in prayer and I'll eat what I want. But the Lord dealt with him and said, you know, you need to change your diet. Because he, he went to get prayed for, was believing God for healing. And the Lord, every time he sought the Lord, the Lord said, change your diet. So he changed his diet and I think it was within nine months, has, whatever those levels are or whatever, all the levels came in line. Everything was fine. He didn't have to have surgery. Didn't have to have his prostate taken out. So it's amazing, like the Lord knows us, and he knows where we're at, and he knows what's going on way more than we do. So we walk by faith and not by sight. So take a 30,000 foot view of what you've been saying. What are your daily words? What are your daily thoughts? I, I wrote it this way. In what light are you speaking? What's the light in which you're speaking? Uh, is it the light of your experience? You know, like experience has a lot of things contained in it, like your family history. Well, you know, my grandfather, he was like this. My father was like this. I'm like this, right? Maybe in a physical thing or even a habit or, or, or whatever. Maybe it's in the light of the medical experts, which we're not opposed to the medical experts, but you know like their knowledge is limited and sometimes incorrect. Or it is it in the light that God, God's word shines on your situation. You know God's word gives you light, and in that light you'll see things that you couldn't see any other way. Yeah. My, my kids have this, uh, this uh, invisible pen you know, they, they, can, they write these secret messages. And you can't just see that if I put, if I had one here and put it under this light, you couldn't read that. But they have a special light that you can shine on that pad of paper and you can read all the words in that light. Well, the Word of God is very much like that. The, there is a, a light that the wholeness of the Word of God will shed on your situation. Actually, you, you're to read a single scripture in the light of the entire Word. So you don't take it out of context. Because when I was eating a lot of sweets, you know, 
I would quote Kenneth Hagin and said that that lady made, make, made him a coconut cream pie and he said, uh, go without and do likewise. <laughs> it's a very self-serving use of scripture, right? Well, no, you read the scripture in the light of the entirety of scripture. And so you look at your situation in the light that God's word shines on it. So we hook our mouths up to his words, to our faith in his words, that we believe that, that no, I'm not putting up with that. No, I'm not going that direction. I like Psalm 119, verse 128. I esteem your words or your precepts above all else to be true, and I hate every false way. So if it's something that my flesh wants that I know is unscriptural, I'll say, that's a false way, and I hate every false way. But I don't just say it. I see to it that I align my spirit with it, and I say it from my believer. I hate every false way. Stand with me if you would. What's our confession? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over my body. Jesus is Lord over my mind, my thoughts. Jesus is Lord over my finances. Jesus is Lord over the direction of my life. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over my parenting. Jesus is Lord over my marriage. Jesus is Lord over my church. Jesus is Lord over my friendships, my relationships. Jesus is Lord. I, I declare his lordship. Well, what he declares, what he desires, what he wants, I, I, I give him that access in that life or that relationship. With every head bowed, every eye closed, Romans 4 verse 5 says, To him that works, doesn't work, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly. Do you know that Jesus Christ takes ungodly people and makes them right and makes them godly. The Bible actually says in Romans chapter 3 that Jesus was raised from the dead once we were made right with God. In other words, he took your sins. He even took the nature of sin that was in man on himself and overcame it in hell. And once he overcame it, that's when he was raised from the dead. So once he overcame your sin, once he overcame your nature to sin, then he was raised from the dead, once it was all completed. So we don't have to uh, make ourselves right with God. You can't make yourself right with God. Jesus has done that. The way that you get born again is you make Jesus the Lord of your life. You believe that God raised him from the dead. And when you do that from your heart and you put that stake in the ground and you declare Jesus is my Lord, the Bible says... You're saved at that moment. As soon as you do that, that confession, that declaration, that stake in the ground that you say with your mouth will remove you from the kingdom of darkness and place you into the kingdom of light. It'll take death out of you and put life into you. Praise the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd like to do that, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. God loves you, has a plan for your life. And I want us all to pray this prayer and make this declaration of the Lordship of Jesus together. Let's say this. Say, oh God, oh God I believe Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take away my sins and to make me right with you. Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. I receive you. I thank you for saving me for forgiving me and for making me a brand new person. In Jesus' name.
Amen.